Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Robick. Jim and Goody are with me as usual. We're going to have a look back at all the European semi-final action. We're going to be looking forward to Warren Gatlin's British and Irish Lions squad announcement and throw a few predictions out there. Plus we'll be chatting to a man who's surely going to be on the plane. Northampton and Wales fly half Dan Bigger is joining us. So settle in, enjoy and make sure you're subscribed on Spotify if you haven't already. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Jim, how was it, mate? Amazing. <laughs> I was out at the weekend for the first time in a year. Can you believe it? I can, Jim. I went hard, Goody. Oh, I, I, need, I need you to set the scene. I don't need just I went hard. I need you to set the scene. Starting off with when you're getting ready, when you're thinking, what am I going to look good in? And then you put on Ricky Gervais's fucking brown leather jacket. Absolutely <laughs> shocking. Start start there. Start at home. Did Beck make you wear it so that no women were looking at you going, geez, he's a good looking boy? Well, it was the polar opposite. I'm thinking statement, right? I'm thinking I'm going out. <laughs> Town's open. A statement needs to be made. Big Jim is out <laughs> speaking in the third person. I'm walking around the house smiling. She's like, I've never seen you so happy. Never seen you so happy. And I was like, lies. I was like, my stag do back in 2000 and <laughs> whenever it was. I was like, before I went to Prague and got the plane, I was smiling like this back, I'll be honest. Not on the way back, let's not talk about that. But yeah, I just wanted to make a statement, Andrew. And um, I was out with me good mate Cookie, John Pennycook, Scotland kit man, father figure to my good self. And he said, mate, let's meet the Scotsman. Of course he did. It's outside. Bring your underlayers, bring your gloves. I was like, no, I'll bring me leather, not pleather. I'll bring the leather. <laughs> um, and as you probably saw by the jacket, to be fair, the filter on social media didn't do the tone of it justice. I'll be honest. It looked more camel, <laughs> not toe, just color. And 
I, you know what? I went out too quickly. I had four pints responsibly, and I'm smiling, and I'm cold, and it was good. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I couldn't go too hard because me mum and my stepdad came up at the weekend to have Christmas outside, which was shit. I mean, which was good. <laughs> and um, so I had a few things going on this weekend, and that kind of just wet the whistle. <laughs> Hell of a time. I'm back. You know, I said... Last week, the gyms were open, and a little bit of normality is resuming. Andrew, I'm happy, lads, I'll be honest. You, you, it's- you, do, you do seem happy, Jim. You do. There's a big smile on your face, but you've been dishonest with us, haven't you, a little bit? There's a little bit of dishonesty coming out there. I love the way you're blaming your mum and your stepdad for Beck saying you've got to be home by 7 o'clock, mate. You had a, we all know you had a curfew and you were home. You messaged me going, I'm just getting some food on my own before I've got to get home because Beck said I'm only allowed out till 7 True. She did say, well, no, no, she didn't say that, because if she said seven, I'd think seven in the morning, lad. But she did say, <laughs> remember it's Christmas Day in the Hamilton household, or Hamilton Garden, I should say, tomorrow. So make sure that Santa's ready. And Santa, he was there, he weren't quite ready. Went in the sea on Sunday morning, of course, you would have seen that on social. <laughs> Put your good yep. life out there. Didn't talk about the screaming kids on the way of me, absolutely screaming at them because I was absolutely hungover, which I weren't. Um, and that was it, Christmas Day. <laughs> On Sunday, which was shite, which was great. And uh, lads, I'm happy. I'll be honest. Bank holiday, long weekend and all that. But yeah, look, it's not all about me, Andrew. You're here as well. How was yours? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It was uh, a quick bank holiday, actually, because the nanny insisted on working bank holiday Monday. So um, we saw a bit of family over the weekend. But I, I did a really good turn. I've done a really good turn, shall we say. And I am now an ambassador for the Blue Light Cycling Club, which is a cycling club which supports uh, charities that are all to do with our fantastic blue light services. So police, fire service, the ambulance crews and all that stuff. Loads of charities that support them. So I I became an ambassador for the Blue Light Cycling Club and we're doing a cycle in a, in a couple of weeks Where? around the UK, um, of which I'll hopefully be able to partake in some of it when my ankle's a bit better because I'm still on crutches. You can't say we, even though you're part of it, you can't say we and say you might partake. You, oh, they know. It's, they they, it's they know I've all got, in. You're in. I've maybe, you're in, mate. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe I've got day one in me. And when I say day one, I'm like first couple of miles, maybe 10 miles. Where's the nearest pub? Let's stop and have a couple responsibly. And then I'll just get in the back of the car and watch them ride, I think. Andy Rowe, you've announced something else privately to myself and Jim this weekend, haven't you? Oh, the stag's back on. Oh, the stag is back on. Carolyn, can I go? What do, why do I need to even ask, mate? Of course I'm going. I'll be leading the charge back. out in Ibiza. I in the leather jacket. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. You won't need a fucking leather jacket in Ibiza in September. When I'll it's, tell you now. When it's, it's 30 coming, degrees. That, that, that camel toe one's coming, I'm telling you. <laughs> Do you know what it took me back to? Um, and when I saw the video and I'm sat there and I'm thinking, what the fucking hell is he wearing there? And all the memes were coming in of Ricky Gervais in the brown leather jacket and some horrific pictures coming out of absolute weirdos wearing brown leather jackets which you looked quite uh, on trend with those weirdos that wear those um it took me back to new zealand 2017 the british and irish lions tour when you bought that other horrendous denim jacket in auckland do you, do you remember that one Brokeback Mountain style, basically. I saw it on that. <laughs> on the plane over i'm watching a bit of Brokeback mountain i thought if there's a man that can pull off a denim jacket with fur 
<laughs> it's Jim Hamilton, third person again. And yeah, I, I'm known, Andrew, as you know, I'm known for me fashion. Um, it's not easy when you're six foot nine with heels, but nonetheless, let's get it right. Let's clear something up. It's not brown, it's tan. There you go. So it took me back to that. And what a week, eh? We've got the Lion Squad announcement this week. It just made me reminisce about a few memories. Andy Rowe eating cat food at four o'clock in the morning because he didn't know whether he was hungover or he was jet lagged. He thought the cat food was cereal, so he put a bit of milk in it as well. It was, they were great times, weren't they? Four years ago, that is, and we're still here. Still here Me doing out. this podcast, and we're with Spotify. Let's just leave it at this. Life's getting back to normal, and how <laughs> good was life? Not that life isn't good at home with the kids and homeschooling and not seeing your friends and not going out or going to Ibiza and not wearing your camel toe jacket, but life's getting back to normal, and we can't wait, pal. We'll talk more about the Lions shortly, but let's have a look at the Champions Cup semi-finals. And we know the finals at Twickenham now, and Toulouse will be gunning for their fifth title. Bordeaux were always up against it, weren't they? I mean, what a game that was. If it wasn't for Anton Dupont, that would have been potentially one of the worst semi-finals to watch ever. Our dog. Just leave it at that. Just leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't great, was it? And, and you think... You think French flair and, you know, you think what could have been and, and how good a game you expect. But actually, sometimes semi-finals are really tense, nervous affairs, aren't they? Because of what's at stake. You know, it's that no one remembers the semi-finalists. You know, you want to get to the big dance. And you know, Bordeaux played within themselves a bit. Toulouse did as well. It was you know a lot of kicking. You know, a clear missed red card for me on... Um, Marchand, the, the captain, when it was 11-6. Toulouse were always the better team. I think they're always going to win. And DuPont obviously creates a bit of magic, you know, you know, to, to take the game away. But yeah, it wasn't a great spectacle. I think Bordeaux will be a bit frustrated with how they played and they lacked a bit of attacking flair. And I don't, I don't want to say risk-taking, but they didn't roll the dice really, did they? In terms of trying to break down Toulouse. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a tough watch. And I think it was such a tough watch that Tom Foley, the TMO, stopped watching it. And missed the blatant red card. Um, Marshawn's Marchand, flown in with his shoulder into uh, the head, I think, of Boros, wasn't it? And he, he sees the replay. It's a clear red. You know, arm tucked, boom, shoulder into the face before. The poor kid didn't even have the ball. And it may have changed the game, but we'll never know because I think Tom Foley had, had fallen asleep as well because it was that bad a game. Larachelle into their first European Cup final. Was it just a case of them beating Leinster physically or was there a bit more to it than that? Let's get this right. Can we just say that it's not La Rochelle, it's Big Willie, Little Willie Skelton and <laughs> wow. La Rochelle. Yeah. My goodness me. Um, proper game. You know, I thought Leinster were going to win. And that's probably when Saracens beat them. You've got to let it go, Jim. When Saracens beat them in the quarterfinal, they beat them, but in a very different way to how Will Skelton beat them. The fit, Like, again, we'll go back to the points that have been made in previous weeks. You opened me eyes to La Rochelle a couple of years ago and said, watch this team, they're going to be special if not already. And you look how they've developed under John O'Gibbs, Ronan O'Gara, some of the signings that they've got, some of the Kiwi influence that they've got, signing Big Willie, Little Willie Skelton. They were unplayable in that second half against Leinster unplayable I don't it's like if you're reviewing that as Leinster uh, what you say what do you say you'd be like well how do, how do I stop Will Skelton how do I stop Buggerita you know Buggerita <laughs> Bugger, Buggerita you know, like what, what do you do with the physicality that, yeah. that, that, that that they brought it was unplayable and if we thought that the final would be a foregone conclusion <laughs> La Rochelle 
I've got something to say about that. But um, weird that John O'Gibbs is leaving to go to, well, maybe not, because Claremont are obviously a, a massive team as well. But, you, you know, you think if they win Europe and the story that they've been on from where they've come from, La Rochelle, then, all right, John O'Gibbs, you can see why he might go to Claremont. But, you know, they're, they're so close to being the real deal consistently, it seems, with the squad that they've built. But, yeah, massively impressed. You know, we'll talk about the Lions after, but last shot window for some players in that Leinster team to potentially make a Lions tour. And I thought some of their big players, and we've never said this before because they always do rock up. You know, I thought James Ryan was poor. I'll be honest. I've got, I've got mm. to say it. I, you know, in terms of, we thought he was a shoe in Now, we'll talk about it. I'm unsure after he got Big Willie Little Willie at the weekend. <laughs> How big is Big Willie Little Willie? You played with him. You must have seen him in all his glory, both in his kit and out of his kit. Well, his feet are massive. Let's just leave it at that. I'm t- his feet are that big, right? That my size, I had Adidas when I was at Sarri's. Um, I got my George Cruz. My size 15 Adidas boot would fit into his size 19 or 20. So my my boot with my foot in would fit inside his Asics boot. That's how big his feet are. Size 19 is crazy, isn't it? Or 20. Yeah, it, it, it's like me going to the pub. Like I'm rocking up delivering now regardless of whatever come wind rain or shine you know that big jim's rocking up and he's delivering it's like will skelton he could be hungover he could be ill he could have half a leg the game is so easy for him being that big and that powerful and that fit how easy you know you see these clips of kids at school right you've got the big kid just give it to the big kid or you see billy vanapola sat at school and he's 10 times bigger than his mates give the ball to billy genuinely that's what it is like for Will Skelton when he plays rugby. It must be so easy. I was looking at the team at the weekend. I thought they've got proper French quality in terms of you know some of the worldy players that play in the French national team. So obviously Dulan, um, Audrey as well, Winnie Antonio, who's part of the system there as well and playing the, in the French team. But they're mixed in with some real quality foreign imports as well. Um, you know, Bottia. Uh, I could talk about it all day, even though, I mean, how hard he he's literally looked like his ankle has snapped it off and he gets up and plays on. Uh, then eventually he does go off. But, you know, when you've got Botty Raymond Rule as well, I think it's been a really good signing for them. You know, the halfbacks, Kerbalo and Ohio West. Ohio West, I've, I've kind of questioned a bit around his game control, but he was wonderful at the weekend. And it's probably, you know, I, I built a career at Leicester on playing off behind the, the biggest pack possible then and playing behind Sir Jim Hamilton probably looked better than it actually was because the pack were always going forward. So it is a bit You're easier welcome. in that in that respect. But, you know, Victor Vito at number eight, World Cup winner. They've got absolute French quality mixed in with some world-class foreign players as well. And then you look at the coaches and, you you know, you mentioned John O'Gibbs there, who is going back to Claremont. Um, but Ron Nogara, the experience that he's had from Munster, then he goes to the Crusaders and you marry that all up and you look at their work rate in defence. It's all it's all very well saying they're a massive team, give it all their big boys, give it to Bottia, give it to Will Scout and they'll blitz teams. But at some point, you're going to have big periods of the game when you're not going to have the ball. The desire of that La Rochelle team in defence when they're all working ridiculously hard for each other, that is born out of, and I don't want to, I'm not being anti-French here, but that's born out of some quality foreigners coming into the mix and bringing you know the likes of Ogara who was part of the defense at the Crusaders bringing those that mindset and that understanding and knowledge to a French team full of talent full of monsters you know I'm sat there watching the game going can you imagine when they do contact and it's literally full on in training and you've got 
Do you reckon they put Weenie Antonio on one team and Will Scouting on the other just to try and balance out some weight? I'd just be going, I'm on Will's team. I don't care what the teams are. I just <laughs> want to go next to Will. Just so I don't have to tackle him. And then I think, I thought of you, Jim. I thought, at Saracens, did you ever do full bore? And, you know, I know Cruzo would have had a bad back, so you'd have been in the mix. And then Marrow would probably not have trained as well. Were you having to go full on against Will Scouting? And what do you do? I genuinely think he's told to tone it down a bit. If you go anywhere near Jim Hamilton or Kelly Brown or Petra Stupacy, <laughs> we need them bigging up for Newcastle away this weekend. Do, just don't run at them because even if you run at 20%, you'll sit them on their ass. So, but they, like you said, they're fit. So Will Scott had a bit of an issue at Sarries because he went back to Australia a couple of times and um, he, he rocked up in pre-season and he was overweight. What is, what's underweight for Will Scout or what's an on-point weight? But you look at him in, and you judge a man in his jersey. How, how big are his arms? Is a massive, mine were tiny. And the little belly. And sometimes the tops don't do players justice, but he looks lean. He looks yeah, a he lean does. Will Skelton. So that comes down again to the coaches. Um, I, and the, Hey, if I can't stop him, how's James Ryan meant to stop him? <laughs> He's got a lot more chance than you did, eh? Well, he didn't. <laughs> why am I being horrible why am I being horrible I just want Johnny Gray I want Johnny Gray on the tour I want Johnny Gray on the tour I really do we'll come to that in a bit but talking about the Leinster team you know they, they made errors didn't they and a lot of it was forced upon them by the power and you know the relentless defence of the La Rochelle team um, you know James Lowe made a few errors it, they missed Sexton I think it's one of the games when you needed someone to really take a hold of it because it was it's kind of like they played and this goes back to the Pro 14. The way they play in the Pro 14, they can play with the ball in hand for 20 phases. They probably know they're going to score. The issue is, when you're just playing like that against a top team, like La Rochelle, like Saracens in the quarterfinals last year, and they've got a power team that can go and make big dents defensively, you need someone to really manage the game. And I'm, I'm not saying that Byrne wasn't at the top of his game. And you know, I think they missed a controller like Sexton to understand when to kick it. When they play in the Pro 14... They know they're going to win all their games, or pretty much most of them. They don't have to battle that hard to win them, I think, sometimes. And it does change your emphasis in knockout rugby because you, the way you play is what you know that you've done for weeks and weeks and weeks. And you're not playing at that intensity in the Pro 14 every week. And you can say the same about the Premiership because it's the top tier European competition semi-finals against the best teams. But when you've got that experience to go back to where you have been tested, I, I just don't think... Leinster have been tested that much over over time and I, I think that came out the weekend and also they look sunburnt as well the sun was coming down in La Rochelle poor old Devon Toner he looked redder than red didn't he <laughs> his ear yeah. looked like it was about to fall off as well <laughs> I think the Irish boys struggled a bit in the sun and they needed the factor 50 on they didn't have it so tell the after sun that in the changing rooms going around that's all they cared about well, let's turn our attention to the other big news in rugby this week then. And Warren Gatlin's British and Irish Lions squad selection. Everyone else is having a gut picking their 36-man squad, so we'll we'll have a crack at it as well. But um, first of all, Jim, I've seen the headlines, mate. Hamish Watson, Johnny Gray, you're leaving them behind. Jim, what are you doing? I can't put my name to it, lads. I'll be honest. Uh, albeit one name was put to it. This is unfortunate. It's your name. It's your column. Yeah, yeah, it's your employer. It like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, the <laughs> Times did publish um, what was perceived as a headline from me and a team that was mine, but it wasn't. It wasn't me. It was Shaggy. It wasn't me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd, hey, let's get this right and we'll put it out there in to the millions. When I pick or when we pick our team, this isn't the team that I want to go. This is the team and the squad that I think will go. I'm an expert, lads, right? 
So that's the route that we're going down. So we'll put on record, I want Johnny Gray to go. He still might go, because you've been horrible to James Ryan said he weren't good enough for the weekend, Andrew. But <laughs> I think that was you, my friend. I think I'll that was you. To it. I'll put my name to it. And I think Hamish Watson will go. So the Times made an error. They put Sam Underhill down twice. I mean, two Sam Underhills would be great. The headline was, Jim Hamilton, I wouldn't take Johnny Gray. That wasn't true. I would take Johnny Gray, but I don't think he'd go. So let's clear that up. And... Let's get into it. Everyone's talking about it. It's getting a bit boring now, but we've got to hit the millions with what they want to know and what the experts are. And Andrew, have you gone down the route of who you want to go or who you think they're going to go? Uh, I've gone who I think will go, not who I want okay. to go, because it would be very different. And there's there's no point in me putting a squad out or you putting a squad out of who you want to go, Jim, because it's irrelevant. It's all about Gats and who he thinks he's going to pick. So he's picking a squad of 36, of which gone 20 forwards and, and 16 backs what about you Andrew I've got no idea what my split is mate I've just gone for the biggest names but let's just clear this up you say that we don't have an influence I beg to differ I genuinely think Gats is listening to this my friend my mentor and he's listening to this and he's thinking let's before we pick the squad let's listen to the guys on the rugby pod true. and just see yeah, true. If, if we can pick up just the guys who are 50-50 and we'll go with what they say let's see all right, so Jim, you start with the forwards and Goody, you point out which ones you disagree on. Let's do it. All right, so so front row. Now, we will speed through, but I went with Wynne Jones, obviously the Welsh loose head, and I said that he's going to be a starting loose head and everyone was like, ha ha, sending me emojis. Ha ha ha, to you. So I've got Wynne Jones, Joe Marler. He's not really a bolter. Some people, is or a belter, we might be a belter, but some people are saying that he's a bolter. He's not really. He didn't want to go on... He didn't want to go in the Six Nations, uh, but I think he'll be get picked because there isn't much to choose from. Rory Sutherland's injured, I hear. Well, I'm going to disagree with Marla, Jim. And the only reason being, and I think this might be a fairly logical argument, I, on playing terms, yeah, I think he should definitely go. But he's openly said he didn't want to be part of the Six Nations because he couldn't handle the bubble and didn't want to be away from his family. We're talking about going to South Africa for eight weeks and being in Jersey for two weeks in a bubble away from your family. So that's why I, I haven't picked him because if you're Warren Gatland, you phone him up saying, oh, mate, do you fancy this bubble or not? And I get it, it's a tough one, but I think if you're if it's touch and go, that's why I've got Mako Vanapola. How bad? I didn't even think of Mako Vanapola. How bad is that? Um, Jamie George. Now, I'm not sure that Jamie George is cemented on. I'll be honest. I don't know why I'm being mm. horrible, but... That's just IMO. Luke Cowan Dickey, brilliant, powerful, need a bit of that. Ken Owens. Now, I think it could be between Ken Owens and George Turner, but Ken Owens, experience, Welsh. We love the Welsh, they love us. Ken Owens is going. For me, I think Kelleher, if he'd have had a big game at the weekend, he might have had a sniff instead of Jamie George potentially. But yeah, mate, Ken Owens is definitely going. He's one of Warren Gatlin's favourite players. There we go. Well, you've told me and I'll speak to Warren and see if that is true. Uh, Ty Furlong. (laughs) Of course. 100%. Uh, Xander Fagerson. Mm. Mate, quality player, all-rounder. I would say he is up there with my next pick in the front row of Andrew Porter. So I think Xander's great over ball. Um, you need to take some Scotland players. And uh, I think he's definitely in. So we disagree on two tight heads then, Jim. Who have you gone for? I've gone for Carl Sinclair. Can't sit, mate. He doesn't play for Bristol. He doesn't start for Bristols. I've gone for Tyke Furlong. And Thomas Francis. So my two differing picks to you are Carl Sinclair and Thomas Francis. Second rows. Now, you know, <laughs> if I don't know me second rows, then who bloody does? Um, Alan Wynne-Jones, I think there's a general consensus across the board now that he's going to be captain. Although, I'm, st- I'm still hearing whispers that Marrow's in with a shout. But again, we'll speak to Gats after this and see what he's thinking. Uh, Marrow, obviously, 
Now, I've changed one of my locks. Oh. And you could argue, yeah, I have, yeah, after the weekend. And more because me and Stephen Ferris were chatting on Friday when Leicester were playing Ulster. And Ian Henderson has been out injured and now he's back. I'm putting Ian Henderson in there instead of James Ryan because my other lock is uh, Ty Bird. No, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've gone James Ryan instead of Henderson. Yeah, my four are Alwyn Jones, Marrow, James Ryan, and Tyg Byrne. Like, James Ryan's an out-and-out lock. Not that Ian Henderson isn't, but Ian Henderson last time, I think, went as a six-slash-back row. You know, Laws yeah. as well can do the same. Marrow can do the same. Ty Byrne can obviously do the same. But does that open up an extra back row? Because could you take Ty Byrne as a six? Well, who knows? <laughs> it's up for debate. But if you're talking about right here, right now, what I think are the four best locks. I don't, you know what? I'm easily manipulated as well. So if you told me one thing, I'll believe you and I'll probably change my mind. Let's just stick with them four in the second row. So still no Johnny Gray? I, I'd why why you Johnny, being horrible? Why are you being horrible, Jim? Look, I, I saw some stats at the weekend. Now, on Johnny Gray, his work rate is phenomenal, as we know. His rook count, uh, his tackle, his carries. And there's a question around his kind of effectiveness in terms of meters made or his physicality in the collisions. I've done a, a bit of digging, looked at some stats at the weekend. So Alan Wynne-Jones misses more tackles, gives away more penalties. But in the collisions that he is involved in, the tackles especially, he makes a lot more dominant tackles. Now, I thought before this, stupidly, I don't know, naively thought that Alan Wynne-Jones shouldn't go. Now, when I look at the makeup of these locks, I don't think he's, I think he's the fourth best lock that I've chosen. But off the back of digging into some of them stats, the physicality that he still possesses around the tackle and these areas that you're going to need to around South Africa, you know, he warrants his place. But Johnny Gray, who who, who do you leave out? That's the thing. Yeah, big question from me to you then, as a second row, as a 69 cap international with three victories, can Marrow and Alan Jones play together and can they both run a line out? Who would call the line outs? Because you need someone, one of them, needs to be an absolute line-out normal. Who would it be if they were to play together? Well, this is the issue. Wales is line-out shy, let's be honest. It always has been. And Alan Wynne-Jones has been in the middle of that. Marotoji would call the line-out. So, simple as that. There you go. He's, there you go. He's, been, he's been coached, he's been mentored by the best. So, simple answer. <laughs> Back row, uh, Hamish Watson. I think that yes. it would have been close between him and Sam Simmons. They play very similar. I, w- I won't be surprised if Sam Simmons goes, but I've picked Hamish Watson because he's amazing. Uh, Tom Curry, physicality, as we know, in the tackle. Tulipe yes. Falatau has rocked up in the Six Nations. He's been he yes. was standout. Great for him. Justin Tipperick, Gats loves him. Wheels. Clean as a whistle. Effective. Yeah, he's just unbelievable. Sam Underhill. Um, no. Sam Underhill plays the way that you need to play against South Africa, all out physicality, stop them dead in their tracks. The next two are really difficult because I went for, like I had Josh Navidi in there. Now, it for, for me with Josh Navidi and CJ Stander, so we'll add CJ Stander in there as well. I wouldn't have picked Josh Navidi if Ty Byrne was a six and then you put, an, you put a Johnny Gray in there as well. So it's a tough one. Well, I've gone Justin Tipperick, Curry, Hamish Watson, Toby Falatau, Sam Simmons, Josh Navidi, and Josh van der Fleer. Mm. Didn't you have Conan and the Barbarians on the? In, in I the thought before? about yeah, I thought about Conan the Barbarian, Jack Conan, um, but I don't. I just yeah, physicality at the weekend was not there. Van der Fleer played well, so it was touch and go between those two. So I'm going van der Fleer. All right, Gertie, do you want to do the same with the backs? You name the backs and. 
Jim, you can uh, disagree or let us know which ones you disagree on. Yes. So we'll start off with scrum half, James. I picked three scrum halves. I've gone for Connor Murray, Gareth Davis, and Ali Price. Yes, sir. Yes. Three fly halves. I've gone Dan Bigger, uh, Finn Russell, and Owen Farrell. Error. No Sexton. Yeah, I've not picked Sexton. Just, it, I mean, the concussion thing. And it's a serious issue. And I just think because I've gone 16 backs, you can only really go three fly halves. Uh, and you consider Owen Farrell a fly half. I know he will cover centre as well. Um, but yeah, Sexton cause, just because of injuries, really. Uh, centres, Jonathan Davis, uh, Robbie Henshaw, Gary Ringrose, and Henry Slade. No Chris Harris? No Chris Harris, I'm afraid, no. I like Harris. Good mates from playing with him at Newcastle. And I, I can I understand it. I hear it. Well, I picked Harris instead of Ringrose, which is ridiculous because I probably... I'm just easily manipulated. I'm happy to go either <laughs> way here. <laughs> and then back three, I've gone Stuart Hogg, obviously. Anthony Watson, Josh Adams, Lewis Reese zamet Liam Williams, and Duan van der Merwe. Same as me. But there's a South African Scott for you, Jim. Well, yeah, South African Scott. It'll be interesting to see if they pick Duan van der Merwe. All right, well, 29 out of 36. Not far away, guys. 29, the same characters. Experts, aren't we? Well, we'll see when Warren Gatlin names his squad. Um, I'm hearing that there could be... And I haven't, put, I haven't really put any in there, except for maybe Sam Simmons. But I'm hearing there could be a few surprises. Uh, you know, Marcus Smith has been mentioned as well. Mm. Um, I can't see that, though. With the four potential fly-halves you've got to choose from, um, in Bigger, Russell, Farrell and Sexton... I, listen, I, I think Marcus Smith's a wonderful talent. I just don't think he's, you know, should be in that mix yet. Um, but hey, who knows? Gats isn't scared to pick who he wants. Also, a small rumour I'm hearing, again, we'll throw it out there, we'll maybe finish on that, that Marotoji could be captain still. Genuinely, what I've heard through the grapevine. But rumours, I love a rumour. I love it. I heard someone mention Stuart Hogg the other day as well. As captain, potentially. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is great. No, because it's good. Like, <laughs> I in, thought you were laughing like, at me saying that Hoggy was going to be captain. I want to be horrible yeah, to Hoggy. It, no, it's not. No, it's unbelievable lid. But I just think it's like this is happening in every pub beer garden, albeit minus four degrees, um, <laughs> up and down the land. Well, one man you can both agree on is Northampton and Wales fly half Dan Bigger, and we're going to have a chat with him now. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. You've managed to get me out of bedtime for the little one as well, so that's uh, a bit of a bonus as well, so thank you for that. <laughs> so you're nervous, pal. Are you nervous? Do you know what, Goody? I'm, I'm really not nervous, actually, because, I mean, I, w- I would be gutted if, I w- if my name wasn't named on Thursday, but also it wouldn't really affect my day-to-day sort of life. Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a long time away from home as well, so, it, you know, I'd I'd spend more time with family, but I, I would I would be gutted if my name wasn't named. But uh, I'd look at things on slightly differently if my name wasn't named, as opposed to it being the end of the world. If that makes sense. I was just talking about coming on the podcast, mate. Not not the Lions tour. I don't even know what you're on about there. Fair <laughs> <laughs> uh, play, well played. Well, Biggs, you do need to deliver on here because we've spoken before, and I know that you say you're not a listener, but. Your lovely wife's a listener of the show, isn't she? Which is, she is very nice for us to hear. So you have to deliver. Well, she's either like whenever she's she's in the kitchen normally. Um, she's got like a little business. But I can give this. I got to give her a plug because she's she's normally um in the kitchen baking. She's got a little business. So at Bigger Bakes on Instagram is her business. Um, so she's either listening to uh you guys talking rugby or like a crime documentary on the podcast. So um, it's basically rugby and crime and murdered 
murder mysteries and all that. So uh, she's a big fan, mate. She, she's in particular you, Jim. I think she's got a bit of a sweet spot for you as well, mate. Wow. Well, really? I don't know whether she saw the leather jacket at the weekend. I don't know if she follows me on social, but there's a bit of a storm gone down in Edinburgh with, with, the, cam- with the camel leather jacket. So it's an absolute honour. Oh, nice. Well, and if, hey, if she needs a taster, I'm, I think I'm your perfect man for any any baking tasting i'll get it to send some down goody good man please not good man. please we're trying we're trying to keep the weight off but um <laughs> biggs I, I know you kind of gave us a snapshot then one thing when this time of year every four years comes around and i've been in an environment one where i thought i was close but the other time is no chance and nowhere near it and i don't know how northampton will, will run it but i always found it really uncomfortable because Apart from the one time where I thought I had a chance and I was absolutely devastated that I didn't get named, but I got told before that I wasn't going to go. The rest of the time, I'm in there and it's like the elite of the elite, right? So it is the the biggest thing that can happen in any player's career. And I'd be sitting there like, I'm a fucking embarrassment. I'm, I'm nowhere near it. And a big deal was made about it, especially at Saracens in 2017 where we weren't training and there was big cheers going up. There was a part of me that I was sat there and I was good that I weren't that good. Um, how will it go for you? Will you be able to watch it at training or will someone tell you? I mean, will there be a big ceremony? I'm not really sure. The, the, the day on Thursday for us is normally, I'm not sure, is it about half past 12, the announcement? Is that, am I right in yeah. saying that? Yeah. And we're, we're normally, that's, that's normally like our main session of the week kind of thing on a, on a Thursday. So um, I would imagine I'll, we'll, be, we'll be training, which, which in a way is quite nice because I'm, I'm not really one who likes a lot of sort of fuss and, and things made from that point of view. So it'd be quite nice to, if, if I am named, it would be nice to sort of go under the radar. And and if I'm not named, then at least sort of I can shoot in the car after training and not speak to anyone after training from, from that point of view. But um, actually, I remember four years ago, I was, I obviously had no idea. I thought I, thought I was in with, a, in with a shout, uh, but I was nowhere near sort of guaranteed. Uh, and I went, I remember we trained for the Ospreys at the time and um, I, I, a lot of the boys watched it together, but I went and I stayed on the field deliberately and did a little bit more kicking just, just because I didn't want to see the announcement and feel like, not, not not feel like a failure, but sort of just feel like, like you said, Jim, sort of, you know, gutted and you know what it's like if you get disappointment or, or sad news or, or whatever it is, you, you tend to just want to be on your own, don't you? And sort of you know close the curtains and um and shut yourself away so it would have been difficult around so many boys who would have been named as well you know so um so hopefully it'll be sort of business as usual for us or for me on thursday and i can find out one way or another after training if you are picked the missus is baking you a cake saying congratulations you picked and if you're not picked just go home and make I bake you a bigger cake so you can eat it in depression mode, right? Yeah, it'll it'll be the de- yeah, <laughs> it'll be the depression kicking in then, and <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or whatever. But um, if I'm honest, probably six months or so ago, I probably, I probably haven't, I didn't put myself in. I, I probably maybe wouldn't have been in the forefront of of selection uh, sort of discussions. So I'm quite pleased and quite proud that I've managed to sort of get myself back into discussions. And you know, you know what it's like, lads, don't you? You you know yourself if you're playing well or if you're not playing well. It's you know you don't you don't need uh, reporters or uh, you know family member or whatever you, you know yourself if you're playing well and you know yourself if you're not playing well so you you know I know that I've put together a decent bit of form and I've managed to sort of maybe get myself back into being discussed for for the tour as opposed to maybe maybe six months ago that you know you know that you were probably a little bit off and probably just thought you know what it may not may not get to it this time this time around. And it's been amazing, hasn't it, the, the, the turnaround in Wales um, 
the form from you know November and the Autumn Nations Cup to winning the Six Nations um, and obviously you know coming so close to a Grand Slam but what has been the big difference? Because, you know, as Jim, and quite honestly, Jim was talking about it, he said, look, Wales are nowhere at the minute. This is six months ago. And now everyone's saying, well, the majority of players have to be Welsh on the tour because of how well they've played. There's been a huge turnaround, hasn't there? What, what's been the instigator to that? As, as much, again, like we were, we were way off it in the autumn in terms of probably individually, collectively, sort of everything. But, but I do think that the autumn was used as a real sort of experiment, sort of finding out a lot about uh, different combinations, different line-out callers, different sort of half-back combinations, different back three players, bringing, you know, capping a lot of new players in that autumn. And I think we got to the Six Nations and for us to be able to name our, our best team sort of for whatever, five weekends on the bounce, I think was a big thing for us. I think we we got told from day one that we were going to be naming our strongest team pretty much for the for the whole five weeks. And I think that just gave a lot of lads who who were playing a lot of confidence, knowing that, you know, as long as we pick up some results, then then you're going to be playing and you you can relax and not worry about making a few errors because it's, you know, you're going to be dropped or we're going to bring someone in next week. And and I think the management deserve a huge amount of credit for that because it would have been really easy when, you know, I'm sure you, you you've both been around, you know, management and, and teams where if the results aren't quite going the way you want, everything seems to turn in on itself and the pressure comes on and you can feel the pressure and the stress on the coaches. Whereas what the coaches and the management did really well was just allowed us still to enjoy it, made, made, the, made the environment and the bubble that we were in really enjoyable and relaxed. It didn't sort of translate to, to everything being uptight and us not being able to relax and unwind. And, and I think they deserve a huge amount of credit for that. For then, and, and obviously, you know, you, you win your first game in the Six Nations, it, it's a bit of a snowball effect, whereas you lose your first game, you're under a ton of pressure and, and it probably builds a bit more then. And the man leading the charge, Dan, is Alan Wynne-Jones and you know I think all bets are closed now on who the captain's going to be. And just just a few kind of lines and words on him really because I'll be honest, like, you know, your wife might have told you that I, re- I wrote him off a year ago. Embarrassingly, <laughs> you just, I wrote me You just him. write people off left, right and centre, don't yeah, you, I do. it's, just, it's, it's an easy thing to do. <laughs> But he's another guy, not just and what he's done previously. We're talking about going forward. We're talking about a Lions tour in South Africa, the world champions again. And you look into, you know, you need a captain to be able to front up. And now Alan Wynne-Jones has gone from, not just me, a lot of people saying, you know, is he good enough to be playing for Wales still? To captain in Wales, to, you know, the Six Nations. And then now being the front runner for the Lions tour to South Africa again. I mean, the bloke's a phenomenon, clearly, but... I mean, do you see him being front runner as well as captain? Uh, yeah, you, you'd think so. There's a few candidates, isn't there? But you'd you'd have to probably say that he's the experience, the the, the history, and the jersey he's got. The and and mainly, like you said, Jim, the, the way he's playing. I think that's the biggest thing. And 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 loads of people are like, whenever I asked about Alan Wynn and uh, what's he like, what's he like as an inspirational leader, what's he like as a captain, and and for that's obviously important. And I know it's. It's a big thing that the media like to sort of play on how how influential he is and how how much of a leader he is. But for me, what's more impressive for me is you know to get whatever 150 international caps. His form has had to be good for that long, and for for me, that's more that's what I'm impressed more with is that he's performing well enough to still be picked because you've seen how 
you know, in terms of if you're not if you're not performing well, it doesn't matter who your name is. Or certainly in in the Gats era, you know, it didn't matter what who your name was. It's just more more inspiring seeing that he's still going at the age he's at. In terms of the amount of games under his belt, he's still got that energy and drive. And if he was playing like a wet rag, then he's, he'd lose he'd lose that respect or he'd lose that sort of um, that aura about him from from players. Oh, you do. That- yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> Once you start playing like that, trust me, you do, mate. People start looking at you differently. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so for, for me, that's more impressive. And I know a lot of loads of people. You know, and 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 I'm not. He's he's obviously an unbelievable captain and and everything. But I think the biggest respect that that myself and a lot of players that have played with him is just that his his longevity and his form to be able to keep being picked for so long is is for me is more impressive than perhaps any any other trait that he's got. Yeah, definitely. He's losing a bit of hair though as well, so he could do with the touch up post lines <laughs> tour potentially. Um, let's talk about Gats then, because obviously you know Gats very well from your time together and long time together with Wales. Has he been in touch with the players individually? Is it just the letter that went out? Is it? Is there any text messages going around around just seeing how you're feeling, yeah, how you're playing? Hasn't anything? Been in touch with me, Goody. So I, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, far as I'm aware, it's just the just the email that's gone out for. I don't know whatever it was, fifty or sixty players or whatever. That's that's as far as I've as far as I've made out. But um, and I think that's the way it should. I think it. I think it adds a real bit of sort of history and and sort of just just a bit a bit different, isn't it? That you you only find out on the, on the actual sort of announcement whether it's good news or bad news. And I think that's that's really really quite special, really. So uh, as far as I'm aware, he hasn't been involved. You know. In, in in contact with anyone that I've I've spoke to, so it's uh, it's all down to down to Thursday. You mentioned about how special it is. And it's almost like that old romance of of how you find out, and you know, it is really exciting. Mentioned, we've been in changing rooms and teams where they talk about the selection. You know, one of the other things is the kind of narrative that has been built with how professional the game is now, and is there still a place? for the British and Irish Lions in modern day professional rugby. And I think that that question has been answered, you know, just by the answers that you've given, but anyone that you speak to. But I think off the back of 97, when the lads went down there and won that historic tour, and then in 2009, where they managed to win that that, that third test match, but more so recently, the, the one in New Zealand, where they managed to get the draw and it was one of the most phenomenal tournaments. How big a deal is it? becoming a British and Irish Lions. So when that announcement happens and, you know, you've been you've played some monumental games. I know you've not won a World Cup, but even when you speak to lads who've won the, won a World Cup, Delalio, you know, Dawson, yes, it's special, but they say that the British and Irish Lions is the pinnacle. Is that how you feel? Yeah, 100%, Jim. I just think that there's something really special about being chosen as the best out of Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales, and I think I think you you've certainly got to got to earn it. And there's so much quality in in those four teams that if you get your name selected ahead of anybody, you know anybody else in those teams, then then you're doing pretty well. So and it's just yeah, just really special, really as well. Like when we went on tour in in um, in 2017, it was obviously the I remember like 20. So we trained. I trained in the morning, got the call, um, or saw the the announcement. And I came home and like all my mates sort of came up to my house in the in the afternoon. We had I think we had like a beer at like you know three o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon on a on a lads. training day sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, lads. <laughs> um, but but I suppose it was it's just kind of like you know it, that's kind of different in itself in terms of name. I've been named in countless sort of Welsh Six Nation squads or autumn squads, but none of the lads pop in for a beer on the way home at three o'clock in the afternoon sort of thing. So I think <laughs> even, even, I know it sounds like a small thing, but it's, it's, it's quite, 
showing that that real special it, it's how special it really is and um and and in 2017 we i actually thought that it shouldn't work should it in terms of you know four teams you play against for for four years that you just you all of a sudden you're you're rooming with boys or you're you're going for coffees with boys or dinner with boys and and it just it just works and it was quite funny when we had because uh, Hass got called up late um for the calls it was like announced on Sky Sport Sky Sports News that Hass was going to be to, um was going to be uh recalled up as a replacement and all the non-English boys were like Oh my god, this guy's going to be unbearable <laughs> for seven or eight weeks. Um, but you know what? He and and the England boys are saying, honestly, you will absolutely love him. And he was, he was literally one of the best people you could ever meet in terms of having on tour for seven or eight weeks, keeping entertainment and 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 everything high. He was, he was unbelievable. So that that just shows that people's perceptions about players for you know for four year cycles changing in the space of a few weeks, really. Do you think there'll be any players that go on this tour as like a Hesk, someone to kind of keep up the mood and lift the morale? I'm not sure, really, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who's... Like, I'd be tempted just to bring Hask, even if, it, if even if it's for, like, you know, social sec or something like that, just to, just to get him that. on board. I, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Gats um, likes you, mate. I've heard that a few people say that, but um, I'm, I'm sure... The first reason Gats is going to pick players is on their rugby ability. But if it, if it does come down to say a, a tight call or something like that, then being able to be a good lad and uh, and bond well with the team, or 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 sort of just have a bit of a laugh and uh, and, and be a bit of character is is really important because it's especially probably even more so on this tour from from what I can gather. Is it seems like it's going to be obviously pretty much cooped up in a hotel and um, and not being able to sort of go out and do as much as you you probably would normally it's it's probably even more important to have some real characters on the tour so um there's still a chance anyway i hope so <laughs> let's talk about the 2017 tour then obviously one of the big things is rooming with people from different countries as well do you have any decent roommates do you have any bad ones that you don't want to room with again uh who did i have i had um greg laidlaw greg was good he was a good sapper if that makes sense you you could you could sort of go back to the room and, and vent a little bit to him or or whatever and he'd be quite happy to sort of listen to you and and speak quite truth so he was he was really good did you see darren on a, on the rare occasion jimmy did yeah he did bring him out once or twice but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you to explain that in more detail maybe <laughs> um, but conor murray conor murray was really good so yeah so those two were, were really good roommates actually so no, nobody nobody really which was which you would think um, you wouldn't want to room with, but but I think as well that's that's part of it as well. Like I like I would have said, like never in a million years would I've you know got on really well with Greg Laidlaw, stuck in a hotel room with him or whatever. But um, again, you just you just sort of put everything to the side and um, and get on with things and and find yourself you know meeting good good new people really. And there's a lot of talk, isn't there, in the media about who's going to go? Is there going to be some wild cards and you know the, the battle of the tens and stuff like that? But one of the other ones in Wales, I suppose, and a lot of eyes will be on Lewis Rees Summit. We had a chat about him and kind of how special and gifted he is. Um, I think I'm fair in saying this. He probably hasn't been a standout for Gloucester when he's gone back. He's a young lad. He's obviously had an unbelievable Six Nations for Wales. Um, if he's got a chance, I mean, he's going to be a very young lad. I know they like to take these youngsters and. and have the youngest on tour but uh do you think he's got an opportunity yeah i think so i think he's he's sort of like the the new sort of golden boy of welsh rugby at the minute isn't he in terms of after a a pretty special six nations i mean his, his try against scotland was just 
uh, absolutely ridiculous. So I, th- I think I think I think he's got a really really good chance, and I think he's the type of player as well. He's he's quite a chilled out character sort of thing. So I think even though he hasn't been you know absolutely dazzling for for Gloucester, saying that mind, we're playing Gloucester on Saturday, so he's definitely going to be absolutely <laughs> on fire on Saturday. Isn't he? <laughs> if he scores a hat trick now, I'm blaming you. I'm blaming you for that, Jim, on Saturday. But he's not. I think he's one of those sort of players, isn't he? Which and I think he's. He's something that Gats will, will would really love in terms of that X factor um, can create you sort of something out of nothing and and for someone so young and and so sort of uh, inexperienced he's, he just takes everything in his stride and um, I think he's you know he's he's living the dream at the minute isn't he and uh, at twenty at twenty years old he's uh, he's looking all right for the future but I think I think he's got a heck of a chance and I'd, I'd be surprised if his name wasn't wasn't on that list on Thursday. Yeah, and one of the things about Lewis Rees-Zammer is he's a TikTok star now, isn't he? Uh, which is the polar opposite to you. You're not massively into social media. Are we Are we going to see uh, Dan Bigger take up Instagram and take it by storm and TikTok and all that stuff? I can't see you dancing, really, to be honest. I don't, yeah, I don't think that would be the, the case for me, Goody. I think I'm I'm quite happy sort of to let the the, the Louis Rees-Zammer of this world take over that. And uh, he was actually, I think he said after the after the Scotland game, he had like 60,000 new followers or something on his uh, on his Instagram. So uh, I think he was, I think he was probably more pleased with that than the the result itself um <laughs> i don't i don't think that'll be me I, 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 and to be honest i absolutely love not being on there because I, it's it's just not my cup of tea anyway and it's just really refreshing like i see i think i said to you jim didn't i, I said i spoke to boys i see boys after games if we're on the bus traveling home or whatever if, if we've had a a disappointing loss or a, a bad result or whatever or bad performance and you can just see boys the first thing they're doing is getting on the bus you know, getting on their social medias and seeing what's being said and, and things like that. And I just think it's just, I just, I, I'm so, so glad that I'm not on it in that sense. I reckon we can definitely do a TikTok with your dance from the bigger, bigger room though, isn't it? When you're <laughs> yeah, touching oh God, your shoulders and all that, that stuff. Let's chat about the Premiership then as well, because obviously we're coming towards the back end of the season now and the race for the top four is hotting up. Um, you've got a massive game this weekend against Gloucester. Um, four points behind Quinns for that fourth place position at the minute. Um, you boys are in some good form as well. And it's probably off the back of you being hard as fuck staying on for the last 10 minutes against Leicester when <laughs> you, your leg was hanging off. How, how is the leg? Are you, are you fully recovered and everything? I'm, I'm all right. I'm a little bit sore, so I've, uh, I've taken it easy today um and yesterday in training so i haven't done huge amounts which uh you'll be Wise. happy to know i'm getting getting pretty much torn every minute for the boys in training but um yeah I, i'm all, i'm all right i'm not too bad hoping to be fit for the weekend but um yeah we're, we're in some we're, we've got a decent run of form together actually and i suppose it's when you're chasing the pack it's it's every game becomes probably that little bit bigger you've got you know you've got no sort of margin for error and you've got to win We've got five games left now. We think we've probably got to win definitely four, if not five out of five, to probably get ourselves in that top four. So it just makes you realise how good you have to be week in, week out to get a result. And I think that's that's the challenge. And that's why I've I've absolutely loved playing in this this league over the last couple of years. Just every game is so important. Every game you have to be, you know, somewhere near your best to get something from. And um, you know, we've got a tough, a, a decent run in, but every game is tough and we've got to try and probably win four out of five to get to get in that top four. All right, Dan. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and best of luck with the squad announcement later on this week. Nothing to be nervous about, mate. Cheers, guys. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me on as well. Top man. Cheers, Dan. I've followed Bigger Bakes and I'm salivating already. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Bakes. Thanks, mate. This episode is brought to you by Viore. 
I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Top, Top lad. Yeah, I've got to be honest. There's a little bit of me every time this comes round or it gets spoken about. Look, I, you know, let, let's be honest, lads. I've done everything in the game, really, apart from win a Six Nations, <laughs> um, win a World Cup, uh, starting a European final, starting a Prem final. Actually, I've not done that much, but I've thought that I've done enough to be on a Lions tour before. And, you know, listen to him talk about that. And there's so many other layers to Dan Big. We obviously love him on this show and, and we speak, you know, highly of him, but... To, for anyone to think the romance of the Lions is dead is beyond me. Um, yeah. I, I'm happy to say that I've got a, a few voids in my life. I've got a couple of personal voids. But professionally, one thing that grates me is that Haskell went on a Lions tour and I didn't. <laughs> you know, I'm a good lad. I can have a crack. I can bind a team together. But I, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I think Dan's a shoe-in, right? Especially yeah. with how he's played, not just for Wales, but how he's gone back and played for Northampton and the style of rugby and stuff that we've spoken about. But like, how nice must it be being in a situation where you know you've got a good chance of going? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You take out that stress as opposed to sitting there and it's done in alphabetical order. That's the thing. Like your weight, like, you know, he's going to know pretty early on. Was it awkward when you guys didn't get named? Like, were you guys in a team environment watching on TV with everyone? expecting your name to come out or what how did that go down for you guys well mine was 2005 and i had a letter and it was the the tour to new zealand so cliff woodwork um 
took the tour and separated it and all the history of that worst ever Lions tour. I think they must have sent 500 letters out for that tour because I, <laughs> I got one of them. Um, but I remember, I'll never forget actually, I remember we played Sale on the uh, Saturday at Leicester before the squad was being announced. The squad was being announced on the Monday um, and we, we played Sale and I played it exceptionally well even if I do say so myself. Got an intercept, ran one in from about 50. Played quite well. For me, I was like, geez, I played pretty well. How am I in the mix? I'll never know. Jordan Murphy comes up to me after the game. He's like, mate, you've just played your way onto the Lions tour. And I was like, really, mate? Do you think so? And I'd gone from, mate, I've got no chance, but I've got a letter to Jordan Murphy telling me, one of my best mates telling me, mate, you, you, you're on the trip. You've just played yourself into it. So on the Monday, I'm listening to it and I listened to it on the radio because I was in the car. I can't remember where I was driving. Uh, but I listened to it on the radio and they went alphabetical order and my name did not come out. And I think back and I think, I think you know, I'd have loved to have been a Lion and it would have been amazing. But I look back to that Lions tour in 2005 and some players hardly played again because it was so bad because it's a Cliff Woodwork. So, um, yeah, devastated I wasn't a Lion, but mate, my career could have ended because I'd have been the, probably the worst Lion ever had I made that tour in 2005. My one in 2013... And again, has it been four years since we spoke about it? But I'm happy to talk about it again. Friend of the show, Graham Wigsvilly, so Graham Roundtree, off the back of a 2013 sensational Six Nations for myself, I got two man of the matches. I had one, but we'll double it. So I got two, um, took the island line out to the cleaners. I stood at the front of the line out, just screaming, get it in, get it in, get it in, get it in, get it in. And then Rory Best overthrew about six of them and we won that game. But genuinely, I had a good season, got a letter and Graham Roundtree, he might not remember it, this is my truth, rang me and I was on the way to a Matt Hampson Foundation dinner in Birmingham. He says, mate, pack your bags, you're in. He said, the one worrying thing is, he just said, but we need your buy-in, is that the likelihood is you're not going to be a test player, you're going to be like a midweek guy. I said, midweek captain, I'll take it, Wig, no worries. <laughs> so some of the guys that you speak to, and again, having spoke to some people um, in the lead up to this tour, is... You know, and Jim Telfer said, being picked for a lion is one thing. Being picked in a test match and becoming a winning lion is the ultimate, right? But I was happy being midweek. So I was like, I'm in. Whatever. Even if I'm on the bench, just take me. I'm, I'm coming. They said, don't tell anyone. So I rang all my mates and all my family. They've booked flights via Hong Kong to go to the Barbarians game and then on to Australia. And then as the weeks start getting closer and closer... Paul O'Connell was injured. There was no chance he was going on tour. He gets back for a European Cup game, takes two line outs, and that's it in a game. Stuart Barnes gives him man of the match, and I'm thinking, fucking hell. I thought he's not meant to be fit. Straight after the game, Wig Ringsby said, mate, I don't think you're in. We're going to take Paulie instead. And what, <laughs> but what can you say? I'm no, like, nothing. Graham, I'm not competing. In my opinion, I ain't competing with Paul O'Connell. He's like, well, you are because you're, you, you know, you're a line-out caller and all that. I was like, I know. They, they, they took Ian Evans. In, front, in my opinion, they took Ian Evans in front of me. And still to this day, I'll be honest with you, like it is the void in my professional career. Not that I'm saying I should have went on a Lions tour because I'm this and that just because I didn't go. And I still see it as the ultimate thing as a professional rugby player. So I'm excited for the lads and I understand how some of them will be feeling if they're that close. They're being told they're going in and they don't make it. It's, it's going to be tough. But yeah, that's the romance around it. 
So what we've worked out from that, Jim, is you've got two players that you really don't like in world rugby that have stopped you from achieving greatness. One's Ian Evans and the other one is Tim Swinson. No, Graham Roundtree for one for telling me that I'm going. <laughs> cost the cost the Cobskins 15 grand a piece. <laughs> well, let's have a quick look at the Challenge Cup semi-finals, and uh, it's going to be three teams in the in Europe finals uh, for France. After Montpellier beat Bath, were you surprised uh, given that they were struggling in the top 14? I was. I had Bath by 10. Um, I mean, Montpellier were rubbish in the first half, weren't they? Um, I, I look at that and I, that's a missed opportunity for Bath. If you yeah. ain't taking Montpellier, and, and Philippe's a friend of the show, but my goodness me, they've been Papa Nui. And, um, but it, ultimately, what you get with his French teams, and hence why there's three in the finals, is the sheer weight and physicality. You know, speaking yeah. frankly, and that's where, you know, the Prem teams and, and the Pro 4 teams have fallen short. You know, Zach Mercer again stood out. Um, he, he could be an outside bet as well. But um, yeah, I mean, Montpellier just just too big. Yeah, they defended really well, didn't they? When they were 16-10 up Montpellier. And the, the weather suited them. The rain was coming down, so it was going to be a slow game. Bath wanted to probably play at pace, but um, yeah, they fronted up on their own on their own line defensively, didn't they, uh, towards the end. And then Andre Pollard comes on. Great to see him back, actually, after eight months out uh, and kicks the winning penalty. I say the winning penalty. It took them nine points clear. So yeah, I mean, Bath will be frustrated with that. But the other game, my goodness, Leicester Ulster at half time, you're probably good. thinking, mate, hell of a game. Ulster in complete control. You're probably thinking Leicester could take 20 or 30 here, the way they Ulster performed in the first half, and Leicester were off the pace. Jim phones up Brett Deacon during the first half and says, Tell Borthos to take off Dan Cole. Why are you being horrible, Jim? Make a few changes. Bang. Second half. Oh my God. Leicester were a different beast, weren't they? George Ford. Unbelievable in the second half. His what? ball, what? mate, what? Oh, mate, credit where it's due. And I'll be honest, he's one of the best fly-offs in the world on the front foot. When your forwards are going marching forwards, winning the collisions, and they weren't winning the collisions in the first half. And George Ford wasn't in the game at all, really. Second half, when Leicester, Ellis Genge, uh, Hayes, who came on as well, was 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 big. Um, Jasper Visa, you know, for a challenge for a Challenge Cup semi-final, and you've got two teams that are powerful in. Champions Cup or you know the Heineken Champions Cup at the top level but yeah it was a proper ding dong and like you said a game of two halves so I thought it was class there'll be a fair bit of Pro 14 representation Warren Gatlin's Lions squad but with Leinster and Ulster both losing their European semi-finals have you seen the comments by Rory Best suggesting some changes in the league with the two conference promotion relegation I, I saw him talking about it. it's been banded about before you know the Pro 14 has got a lot going for it, but there's also a few problems as well. Um, you know, the standard of some of the games is way below par compared to the Premiership of the top 14. Um, and I say that, I've seen some of the top 14, the standard of that can be poor as well. It can be, it can be difficult to watch, but I think the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? You look at Leinster and they lost to Munster the week before. So normally you see a spike off the back of that in terms of physicality, but... Leinster are hardly tested in the Pro 14 week on week. And you listen to Dan Bigger, 
talk about the Premiership, you know, playing against Gloucester or Newcastle, every game's a difficult game to play in. And and this is the question marks over the Pro 14. How does it evolve? Talk of the South African teams coming in. Obviously, the Rainbow Cup's been canned in the format that it was against the South African teams. But if you're Leinster and you've got the budget that you've got, and Ulster, I've got a big budget as well, and the only way that you can test it is in Europe, and the only way you can test it really is in the knockout stages, then arguably you could say, yeah, they, they, they need to look at the different formats. But they're two different entities, aren't they? It's like you've got the Pro 14 in Europe. You know, they don't fold under the same umbrella. They're, they're, they're different. But Leinster had a similar thing against Saracens, didn't they? They won every game in the lead up to that. You know, and Sarri's absolutely smashed them. So maybe there is an argument. Yeah, potentially. And I think the, the big issue with the Pro 14 is that at the minute is they don't know what to do with the South African team as well, don't, do they? It's not massively watched as a league, if we're being brutally honest. And I think if you then make a... League two potentially of the Pro 14, so you've got the top dogs in League one, and, and then Zebra and Benetton and Dragons, why being horrible, Jim Luke Narraway uh, in League two. Hardly anyone's going to watch that either, are they? So it's it's a difficult one. It's it's again you, you you talk about a European Super League in football and just the top clubs, the rich and getting richer. The the smaller clubs want to play against the bigger clubs to improve themselves, and you know have big crowds when the bigger clubs come to town so I don't know tough one um, but what I do know is Big Willie Little Willie absolutely smashed them to bits <laughs> <laughs> well let's finish things off with the good the bad and the ugly then goody yeah plenty of good this weekend uh, and we've always got to get one of my old clubs in there so we're going to go over to South Africa Jim the Sharks our old club actually oh no you did, no you didn't yeah, play I for played them. for the other 21s it was a biggie that we do Uh they beat the Stormers 33-30 in the Rainbow Cup. Talking about the Rainbow Cup. They beat the Stormers 33-30 in the Rainbow Cup uh, at the Stormers' new ground as well. They've left Newlands now and they've gone to the Cape Town Stadium. So they spoiled that party. Uh, that was great for the Sharks. Uh, we'll stay in South Africa, but not in South Africa because it's in France and it's not in France. It was in Bath. But I mentioned him earlier, Andre Pollard. Uh, great news that he's back fit after eight months out with an ACL knee injury that was pretty brutal at the start of the season perfect timing to see him playing some rugby before the Lions tour let's not forget he was the fulcrum of that team at 10 so everyone wants to see him back in the green jersey this summer for the Springboks against the Lions and we'll stay in France Jim Montpellier uh, Montpellier. they've been in the bad at times this year they're going to get a mention in the good and friend of the show Philippe Saint-André got the victory in a semi-final they were heroic in defence at times to hold Bath forwards out with that flying wedge that I think is illegal, but they still keep getting away with it. Uh, a great win on the road in the semi. Uh, not many French teams do that, so big tip of the slipper to Montpellier and Philippe Saint-André. Uh, what else was good? Toulouse wasn't a great game, but basically they've got Dupont, so they win games. Uh, they win the semi-final. Dupont is just a different gravy, 132 metres, ball in hand. Crazy stats for a nine, so uh, well done them. What else was good? The Tigers, second half comeback, James. And whatever Steve Borthwick said, some people say he's got no personality. I'm saying whatever he said at half time was instrumental in getting Dan Cole off the pitch and making some changes and they come away with a victory. I reckon Stuart Hooper's rang in and gone on like, video call and like sent them a message like because Bath wanted to play them. Was it an arousing speech? Must have been, not what they did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, George Ford was outstanding on the front foot in the second half as well. So tip of the slipper to them. But the good this week goes to the La Rochelle units in yellow. An outstanding performance, both with power in attack and work rate and desire in defence. A huge performance to get to their maiden Champions Cup final, beating the four times champions Leinster 32-23. Hell of a performance. 
all I'm saying is in Weenie Antonio and Big Willie Little Willie Skelton, they've got two of the biggest monsters on the pitch in the world. Uh, the bad, uh, a few bits of bad. Racing, losing at home to Stade Francais in the Paris derby. Never good when you are the money boys of Paris now. Um, we're going to give some bad to whoever it is, whether it's the council, whether it's whoever puts 50 cents in the metre in France. But did you hear about the women's game, the women's international between France and England? Whoever is responsible for the lights going out after 62 minutes and then just going, no, 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 we have not paid the bills. We do not put the electricity back on for the lights. Go home, everyone, go home. Uh, Anyway, the lights went off after 62 minutes. Uh, England were ahead. They just didn't have enough money to put in the meter, Jim. I didn't see it because the lights went off. Got it? Oh, there you go. There you go. That was pretty bad. Um, But the bad this week uh, is going to go to a certain Jim Hamilton. Why? Well, I've got to give you the bad, mate, because he didn't pick Amish Watson in the Lions squad. We had him on the show a few weeks ago, and you just said, Johnny Gray, you wouldn't pick him. So uh, either you're the bad or the times, you choose. Well, I thought you were going to give it to the camel that you call a brown leather jacket, so I'll take them to <laughs> as long as you don't diss the jacket again. <laughs> Unless that's in the ugly. Oh, well, there you go, Jim. You or the times get the, the bad this week. You can't not pick Hamish Watson, my friend. I ain't putting my name to that. We'll give it to the Times. <laughs> uh, the ugly. Three bits of ugly, actually. And uh, we just mentioned one of them. Jim's camel toe leather jacket. Absolutely shocking. Beck was like, yes, you look really good in that, Jim. You should definitely go out in that. And you've just lapped it up and gone, yes, Beck, I do look great, don't I? You've closed the door and she's like, what a mug. What does he look like? He looks horrific in that jacket. <laughs> cost me um, 500 snakes. That cost geez. 500 snakes, that well, li- jacket. Literally, literally snakeskin. Um, so that was pretty ugly. Uh, the other uglies are Julian Marchand's shoulder to the head of Roman Burros. Yeah, the game was that bad that the TMO Tom Foley turned it off as well. So uh, he missed that. The ugly this week can only go to one man though. And it's Cibello Sanatla, who sent the Sharks fullback... Afeli Fassi flying, and Jim, you tweeted the video. Oh my gosh. That's a red. Yeah, Afeli Fassi uh, was taken out in the air, uh, landed on his head. Lucky there was no serious injury, but Sibello Sanatla, what a red card that is. Real ugly. What are you doing, Sam? Error. Thanks, Goody. And you guys have got a couple of shout outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, big shout out to Freddie Gray, who's running and cycling from Newcastle, where he's a student, to Edinburgh on the 5th of June. He's raising money for Mind UK and his Instagram is Gray 5000 if you want to show him support. And what Jim Hamilton has said he will do is meet you, Freddie, for a pint of Guinness and Blackcurrant at the end of your ride on June the 5th, won't you, Jim? Well, if I can wear my leather jacket and he makes it <laughs> and I'm allowed out if we've not booked the stag do, then yes, I will, Andrew. Absolutely. So a big shout out to him and also good luck to Tom Clark as well and 11 of his mates from Tosestrians, my old toenails, RFC. We're cycling to the length of the country in August. That's just over a thousand miles in nine days. I could probably run that anyway. It's all to raise money <laughs> and awareness for Crohn's and Colitis UK. You can check out their Instagram at joggle for crones so j-o-g-l-e the number four crone c-r-o-h-n-s for all the info if you want to donate yeah good luck guys and i just want to give a mention to a just giving page as well that's been set up 
to help James Lassis. Uh, he's a second row who played for Rotherham and Loughborough Uni in the past and suffered a spinal injury while playing for Nice in the third tier of French rugby recently. Our thoughts go out to him. All his teammates are going to see him in hospital. Uh, we're sending our best wishes for his recovery. Just check out justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash James Lassis if you want to show him some support. So I uh, hope the recovery goes well, mate. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, best wishes, James. Thanks, Gertie. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and head on over to Spotify. And we'll see you there. Rugby pod. Spotted pod, 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 pod. <laughs> Guess me every time. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.